What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me, as always, is the Turf King, Cameron Charlton. What is going on, Cam? Just coming off another week. That's five in a row for the Miami Dolphins. Five Ooh. straight wins. Team started off one and seven. We were disappointed in them. Yeah, everyone's going off. Oh, look at the teams they played. They only have one good win in the five against Baltimore. It's still five straight wins against NFL teams. Yep. Not many teams do that. So let's take it where we deserve it and everything's looking good for the Finns. Bye week. And then we go up against the Jets to bring it back to 500. Let's do it. I mean, yeah, I, the reality is, is that, you know, there's the people out there who are like, oh, as you said, still shit teams. And I'm like, well, you can't, like, you don't decide your schedule. This isn't like college football where you can decide in some instances who you play. Um, this is predetermined. So you can only play who you can play and you still, you still got five dubs in a row. Put some respect on Tua's name. He can dink and dunk for 280 yards and two touchdowns as much as he wants, and I'll be fine with it. So, um, headlines. Well, we got two big ones today, I think. First well, off, Tiger, Tiger Woods Tiger's has committed. Yeah. Tiger's committed to the PNC Championship next week. He will be playing with Charlie. That's huge. Uh, we were seeing him. Nothing beats like when he was hosting this tournament this past weekend and him showing up on the range on Sunday just to hit some drivers in the red shirt. Of course, it's Sunday. Oh, Tiger to. shows up in red. So yep. you knew something was up. So it's super exciting. It'll be fun. It's He doesn't have to hit every tee shot, so it's not a full event because uh, Charlie gets to play way up tees. So they use a lot of his drives anyways. So it's a good event for Tiger to get back into competitive golf, but he's back in competitive golf again. So that's super exciting. And this bodes well for the Masters. I still think he's going to play the Masters. He did say he was a long way off. In his interview from last weekend, he was saying that he's a long way off and he can hit a ball. His, his one quote was, I can hit it. Um, I just can't hit it that far. Uh, and, and can't hit it far enough to compete with guys on tour. Like he can go around and play a round of golf, get in the car, hit a ball, drop a ball. He can do all that, but he can't play competitively. But hey. Give it another four or five months, and we'll see where he's at. If he feels good this weekend, I think that, like, if he doesn't have any setbacks this weekend, feels good, and I, I, I could, I could see a master start. I could see it. Yeah, the two big things is he doesn't have to hit every shot here because it's a scramble with Charlie, and the secondly, he can be in a cart this entire weekend, so that's another big thing. Walking Augusta is something else in compared to driving a cart around PNC Championship. That's true. But I mean, like Augusta's just like walking around his backyard, right? Like, it's the same yeah. thing. I mean, so, it's a lot of elevation, but yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I mean, it definitely bodes well for for the overall golf world. Um, and what's number two? Secondly, the big announcement we had today was the Canadian Athlete of the Year was handed out, formerly the Lou Marsh Award. Damian Warner was the overwhelming choice as the winner. The finalists were warmer. We're Warner, DeGrasse, Guerrero, Labay, McNeil, and Davies. Here's a question I have for you. Like, congratulations to Damian Warner. It was super impressive what he did. Vlad Guerrero is being considered in this and all this stuff, although he technically doesn't identify as a Canadian. He just won the Tip O'Neill Award for uh, the best Canadian baseball player last year as well. Yeah, he, he shouldn't be considered for that award. He was born in Montreal, so that's kind of what they're going off of. But he doesn't yeah, play the, for Canada. Yeah, he doesn't commit no. to Canada. No, no, the, no. The guy still use, like this is not a knock on Vladi. The guy still uses a translator in his interviews. So, like, I, I just he, he's he, he no. Davies, yes, 
obviously, right? Guy wasn't born in Canada, but this guy moved to Canada and is now a self-identified Canadian. Vladdy just plays in the country. I, I don't know. To, to me, I actually don't even think Vladdy should have been on that list. Not not because he's not. like Even if he was Canadian, I don't even think he deserves to be on that list. Like, yeah, he had a great year and everything, but like he didn't do anything. I mean, he was the runner-up for the MVP. He had a, one of the best years. that He would have easily won MVP if it wasn't for Otani. So he did have a remarkable year. But in years like this year, it's Olympic years, Olympic athletes are the front runners for it and well, i think that's the be. way it should be they only get a shot every four years so and let's and give them the best chance and they're not like like warner's is is a professional athlete but he's also kind of an amateur athlete in a sense where he's not playing in a league right he's not playing in major sports like some of these other guys like davies or or vladdy or anything right so i mean you got to kind of give credit where credit's due and yeah warner deserves to win no doubt yeah, and, Warner and, was Warner was my choice as well. I think just athlete of the year and the decathlon and as we spoke about earlier after it happened, it's that's athlete of the year. He did something that's kind of unheard of and that's the greatest athlete in my opinion at the time. Thankfully, it just wasn't a tie. Like they didn't <laughs> hand it out because I that just that, that at some point you just got to get rid of the award then. Just be like, "Okay, you all did so good." Like, uh, anyway. But no, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I think sorry. I think Vladdy. The last thing I'll say on that is, is that like, yes, he had good numbers and he had all this kind of stuff, but like, I just don't. Like, would you say that, like, for example, in a year like, um, where you have a quarterback, for example, in the NFL, and he has really good stats, and their team misses the playoffs, and he doesn't win MVP, but he gets second. You can't put this guy up for a nominee of Player of the Year award. Like, it just you. you I, I don't know. I, I just have the opinion that if you don't win anything or really get anything done, it's just individual stats like that. I don't know. I just, it's just not on the same level for me, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, you see it all the time, especially in baseball with how you can individualize the aspects of the sport more, like everything about baseball, you can individualize as a batter. You can't help everybody else on your team. You can only do up there where like in hockey and stuff, you, if you're the best player, it still doesn't matter. Cause there's four other people around you where you, in baseball, you can individualize it a little more. So that's where you see Mike Trout, even though the Angels never make the playoffs, he'll win MVP a ton because he's clearly the best player. He's just on a very bad team. Not that the Jays were a bad team, but they just didn't have enough pieces around him to make the playoffs. I think baseball is really the only sport you can 100% do that with just because it is so individualized. It's 1v1 every time, basically. Well, that's fair. Unless you're talking about Connor McDavid. He doesn't need a team. And he's proved no. that, what, three times this year? Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't matter who's facing him either. <laughs> no, no. There's a graveyard of of defenses that this guy shredded. Uh, something I want to talk about is the suspension to Jason Spatza for six games for kneeing Pionk uh, in the uh, in the Winnipeg Leafs game. Um, so I, th- I've had a couple of debates with people about it. There's definitely some um, some people who are on the side of that it's super, super steep. Uh, I, I think it's, I think six is steep, but I definitely don't like, there's some people as well. I think he doesn't deserve a suspension. And I'm like, I don't buy that. Um, I mean, if you watch the tape, like the, the arguments that the Leafs made to player safety as well, are like, well, he was a hittable player and the league was like, okay, I'd actually disagree with that. I mean, the guy's lying on the ice. I don't know what kind of body check you can throw on that guy. First of all, 
Um, the second thing is, well, he didn't like mean to. I'm like, well, I don't care if he meant to or not. Like, you can't just recklessly throw yourself like that at a player who's in a vulnerable position lying on the ice. I just don't. Yeah. As, as I said, four four games to me seem like the appropriate amount. Is is he appealing? I think he is. He is appealing, so it'll go to Gary Batman first, which he doesn't ever overturn stuff. No. And then because it is over five games, it can go to an independent arbitrator for it. But my guess is it'll, it might move down a game, but my guess is it'll still stay at five. They're not going to move it anything below that. The one comment that got Spezza in trouble in this is he said he knew it was Pionk and he knew that Pionk was the one who need Sandine. So he admitted he knew that, and that can kind of get you into trouble. I mean, I do love going on Twitter, and I say, see the same people who thought uh, Corey Perry needed to be suspended in the playoffs saying Jason Spezza doesn't need to be suspended here. Yeah, one oh, was, you're right. It's, it's a very similar incident, but one was clearly not on purpose, and one was definitely he was going for a hit. Whether he yeah. purposely need him in the head, he was going to hit that guy knowing it was Pionk who need Sandine, and he admitted to that, where he was going... I don't think he admitted to needing the guy in the head on purpose, but he was going to try and make a hit on that player because of what he did to Sandine. It was a yeah. target. Yeah. He was targeting Pionk, whether... I don't think he targeted his knee to the head. I don't think Spets is that kind of player. But he targeted the player and the outcome and the way it looked was brutal. So, yeah, like, I'll just quickly, like, six is harsh, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Like, where did they come up with it? I get it. It's definitely on the higher end of what I thought it would be, but it's not overly harsh in my opinion. It's harsh, but not out of the blue. Well, it's not like Rafi Torres 40 or whatever it was. Like, now that was repeat offender kind of stuff, but... Um, the, the thing going back to the Perry thing is, is like Perry, you could make an argument both ways. I think we discussed this before, but you know, you could say, all right, well, he didn't make an effort to get out of the way. And then you get into semantics about, well, he didn't have time to make an effort, blah, blah, blah. But that's a lot different than Spezza skating directly at somebody and making a dangerous hit, which is what it was. I mean, yeah. that, that's how plain that it, it's that plain and simple. It was, it was a targeted hit. It was a dangerous hit. And like, even if you didn't need, mean to knee him in the face, which if he did or he didn't, either way, you still put you a player's in a vulnerable position, and you uh, and you took him out. Now, another thing, talking about hits, I don't know what's been going on in the league the last couple of weeks, but players are feisty. Um, did you see the Truba hit last night? I did. Yep. Okay, so again, this is a really big thing on on Twitter that blew up. Um, Jacob Trub, who is the guy that got hit? It was um, I actually cannot remember off the top of my head. A player for Chicago Blackhawks. The name the name is just very. Uh, I, I find it hard to pronounce. Kara. Oh, Juhart Jujar Kara. Yeah. Yeah. Got leveled by Jacob Trub at the blue line. Puck was kind of in his feet, had his head down, got leveled, and no penalty on the play. But this guy, you know. Heart goes out to him, got, you know, hit his head on the ice, got knocked out, got taken to the hospital. Um, seems to be doing okay, which is great news. And people are calling for Truba's head on this. And I'm like, man, like, they're like, well, Spence barely did anything and he got six games. I'm like, okay, but there, there's such a big difference in this in this thing. Like, in my opinion, I thought the Truba body check was a good body check. He didn't run. He didn't leave his feet. He hit him in the in the left shoulder slash jaw. The guy had his head down. It's a tough spot. He didn't jump into his head. I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a routine body check that one player got the wrong side of, and it's unfortunate. 
But like, if you're going to start suspending that kind of hit, like you might as well just take hitting out of the game. Yeah, it's a hard hit. You look at it in minor hockey and it's a five-minute major and he's gone forever because the principal point of contact was the head. The thing with the NHL, the difference in the rule was it was a north-south hit, not an east-west or sideways. He didn't elevate through it and he's just a big guy. Jacob Trouba is a large guy. So is Kara, but it ended up being shoulder to chin first and then it got the shoulder. Do I think it was outrageously... like We do have to try and avoid these hits. But are these hits also going to happen every once in a while? Yes, is kind of where I'm at it. I don't really know where to go with that. If they wanted to suspend guys one or two games for this just to get guys more aware of it, because we can't have guys unconscious on the ice. I don't think it was a crazy dirty play, but it's still a hit that we need to try and avoid. Well, and I just, but this is this is my argument on the other side of this is like, I, I just, at what point does the player on the ice have to be responsible for where you are? Like, what's the number one thing when you're playing body checking, like full contact hockey growing up? What do the coaches tell you? They tell you to keep your head up. That's not just, that's not just in the NHL or whatever, professional hockey. That's everywhere. That's about shooting. It's about everything. Keep your head up. And he didn't. Now pucks in his skates. I mean, what do you get? What's he going to do? But in that spot on the ice, it's not like you don't know that there's other players there and you're still playing in the, in the national hockey league, man. Like, that shouldn't have come as a huge shock. And unfortunately, I think this hit happens probably, I would say. You have a similar hit to this once a week, I would say. on Like generally one game at some point during the week, it's going to happen. And generally guys just pop right up, right? Because it's, it's in the shoulder. It's still a big check. It really hurts. But they get up and nobody says anything about it. And a couple times a year, it ends up having bad results like this one. But yeah, it's definitely not the same as Spezza. I hate that. I, some of the compare, this is where like the leaf centric mindset of a lot of people that I follow. It's like, or even just, you see just being one of the most talked about teams in the league. You're like, God guys, like this is, this is why people hate us. Yeah. The difference here is the Spezza incident is suspendable. It's not yes or no. It is suspendable. It's how many games is the thing here with this Truba hit. It's the conversation of, is it suspendable or not? There's a big difference there. Spezza's is for sure suspendable. Where the Truba hit, we can have a discussion whether it is or not. The only conversation about the Spets is how many games. Yeah. Well, and we'll we'll find out what happens with the Arb guy, and hopefully Truba doesn't get suspended because I don't think he will. I haven't seen anything released on it yet, but it, if he does, then I think it personally sets a bad precedent. But we will find out. Okay. Anything else you wanna you wanna get to? That that was just something that was on the top of my head. No, that's all I got to touch on, and uh, I'm ready to move into our picks. Let's do it. It is the over six NFL Picks Week 13 recap show. And uh, being the dog days of the NFL season, it's kind of been the dog days of our, of our picks, but we're kind of just floating around in the middle. Haven't had a, a great, great week recently. Haven't had a... Another terrible, terrible week like I had two, three weeks ago. Your Miami locks are just paying dividends right now. You just got on the right train at the right time, and uh, it's been doing all right for you. Yeah, that's been about the only lock that's any good, is anytime I lock Miami up, they <laughs> cover and get me the lock. I think it's your responsibility to lock them the next four weeks, five weeks, by the way. You can't this week, but when they come back off their bye, then you got to keep locking them to keep the mojo going, I would think. I, I think we almost got you. Ready to move into these picks, though, Burke? Let's do it, buddy. Moving into Thursday night, we had Dallas heading to New Orleans. They were favored by four and a half points. 
They pull it off 27-17. This was just kind of an awkward game. We were both on the Saints here. Taysom Hill just threw too many interceptions. For the first half of the game, he actually looked good. They had a good scoring drive going, and then he threw a stupid interception, and then it was just downhill from there. Taysom Hill was bad. Bad, bad, bad. He 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 was just the worst, honestly, man. Like I, it, I, I don't know how he got signed to such a big deal when he's not that great of a tight end and he's not that great of a quarterback. He's just not that great overall. And he's just like this is the big thing I saw on Twitter on that game is people saying that Taysom Hill just robbed the Saints blind, and I'm like I can't make an argument against that. I know everyone's just talking about Sean Payton at some point just has to give in and be like Taysom whatever you have on me just show to the public because we can't keep going down this road. No kidding. Like and you know what it's I I hemmed and hawed you know because again Cowboys they you know they've been covering this year that's been. Yeah, you know, they, they've been consistent for me. I went against them and they burned me. Um, are they like the worst eight and four team in the league? Yeah, I don't think like, again, that division's just not as good as we thought it was. Dallas came out really hot, but their offense has cooled off a bit. Dak isn't looking as good. Zeke looks hurt. So their entire offense is slowed up a lot. And their defense, although Diggs is getting all the credit for all the interceptions, they're not that good. They give up a ton of yards. They rank second and third in yards given up their corners. So I just still don't think they're that good of a team. They're eight and four. They're probably going to make the playoffs, but a couple big matchups. They got the Washington football team two times still in the next three weeks. That division's still completely up for grabs. Yep, absolutely. Moving into Sunday, 1 p.m. slate. First game on deck. We had Arizona heading to Chicago. Arizona's favored by eight, and they cover quite easily. Kyler Murray. Looks finally like himself. He didn't look injured. He ran around a bit. Two rushing touchdowns. So this is probably the best he's looked since, what, week two? Yep. That's the best my fantasy team has looked since week two. Hopkins got involved. I was saying, I put it in our group chat. I was like, man, it's nice to have Kyler back. Holy crap. Like, he just had himself a game. Uh, the rushing touchdowns was nice. And this played out kind of... Actually, the one thing that surprised me about this game is that the Bears were able to put up 22 points because the Cardinals' defense has not been playing that terribly. Um, and the Bears still put up 22 points, but Arizona covered like we thought they would. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I thought that the effort by the Bears was definitely there. Yeah, Andy Dalton, just four picks, kind of killed them. They were kind of yep. in this game more than you thought they were. He was playing all right. David Montgomery still just shows that he's one of the best running backs in the game. One of the most underrated running backs in the game, I think. Doesn't get talked about enough, mainly because he's playing for the Bears. But again, he's just been super solid and given them a little chance, but their quarterback situation isn't tough. It will be Justin Fields this coming week, so I guess that's kind of good for that franchise. <laughs> Is it? I'm not too sure. I actually think they've looked better with Andy Dalton, not going to lie. Yeah, but you still got to give the Andy Dalton's not the QB to the future. You got to figure no. out if Justin Fields is or not. Yep. Yep. That's moving fair. along. We're, we're all over that one. Moving along to New York. We had Philly heading to the Jets. Philly favored by seven. And do we have QB controversy in Philly? 33 18. Gardner Minshew time. He looked good. He was throwing the ball all over the place. Minshew mania. I, I don't think there's a QB. I, I don't know. It's just two different styles. I think that's the one thing. Like, we all know that Jalen Hurts is bad at throwing the football. It's not a secret. So It's kind of 
crazy that Gardner Minshew's still on a rookie deal and he actually has looked okay. Like, especially when you consider what Trevor Lawrence is doing with this Jags offense and what he did with it. You're like, how is Gardner Minshew not getting a better chance somewhere else with all these not good quarterbacks all over the place? Yeah, no like, kidding. Can we see the Cleveland Browns not pay Baker and maybe give Gardner Minshew a shot? Dude, Minshew would be perfect for Cleveland. Would he not? Like, he's just the greasiest dude. Like, man, like he, he's like that stereotypical guy in all those high school movies that, you know, he, he's like in those high school movies where he looks like he's like 35 and he's playing a 17-year-old. He has the mustache smoking by his bike out in the parking lot. Like, this is the kind of guy that he is. Um, Cleveland would be a perfect fit for him. Actually, I, th- I feel too, actually, one's other spot. Like, could you see the Lions moving off Jared Goff and bringing a guy like Minshew? He'd fit well in Detroit. Yeah, I guess. I don't I know. I mean, Jared Goff's coming off the NFC Player of the Week. So, Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about it. But we will. <laughs> moving along, we had Indy heading to Houston. Indy was favored by 9. 31-0. Jonathan you... Taylor is something else. He is. And did you see that prior to this game, the Colts were talking about, they're like, oh, we haven't had a shutout yet. Like, we need a shutout. And they got it. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor a, leaves this game with an injury, so Davis Mills back in. Davis Mills is not good. No, Davis Mills is very bad. And frankly, like, I mean, we knew that the Colts were going to cover, right? Yeah. Like, the, I, I don't think that was – we were all over that. Um, I didn't have it at zero, but – Man, it's just like this is actually from a fantasy perspective has been the toughest part. It's like you have Brandon Cooks playing on that team. He's like the only good player on that team. Yeah. That's it. You have one, Brandon Cooks. And unfortunately, he like every all the teams know now. They're like, well, and they knew before, but they're like, okay, put a couple guys on Brandon Cooks, play him man to man, play him tight. He's going to get a couple of receptions. And now he's getting nothing. He's useless in fantasy this year. It's it's so bad. They need Deshaun Watson to come back and save them. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever play another game for Houston. But anyways, moving along, L.A. Chargers headed to Cincy. Cincy was favored by three 41-22 Chargers. This was the weirdest game ever. I still don't like, know about the Chargers. Like, the Chargers were up, like, 24-3 or something, and then it got really tight at halftime, and then they scored 17 in the fourth quarter to win the game. I just I don't know what to think of either of these teams. We were both no. on the Bengals here, but yep. these teams I don't I yeah, I still can't get a feel for almost every team in the AFC right now. I really don't know who's good. I mean Chargers D had themselves a day. They played pretty well. Um and their offense was firing. Like this is the problem that I have with this Chargers team is is not only have they burned me multiple times in different survivor pools and betting and this kind of that. But, like, they just they have this ability to have such a great offensive game. Um they have they have nice weapons and they just they, they just don't show up some games like i don't go, yeah this just brutal. goes back to fade the chargers at home take them on the road and we didn't take them on the road here and they pulled it off that's our mistake but i i don't know maybe we should have seen that the Bengals were due for some sort of a pullback here right because they were like we didn't rank them that high at the start of the season and we kind of got up in the hype which they're a good team like don't get me wrong but they just, I don't know, they just couldn't get it going, especially late in the game. They just kind of fell apart, and uh, and our boy Herbert had, had himself a nice little game there. Yeah, he had a good game. Moving along, we had Tampa Bay heading to Atlanta. Tampa Bay favored by 11, and they pull it off 30-17. to 
this was one I felt like I got burned on. They were two yards away from just running out the clock, and instead they kick a field goal to win it by 13 instead of 10. This one I felt burnt on. I'm like, just let them get the first down, end the game, let's avoid all this <laughs> shit. No, Tom Brady couldn't get the first down, so they kicked the field goal and cover. That one hurt. Yeah, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I was on the Bucks this game, and I, I was sweating it for sure. Um, I, I don't know. The Bucks actually do have this ability where they do play down. Like, they do play down to, to others' talent sometimes. Like, when, they, when the chips are on the table and it's big games, they play extremely well. Uh, and some games they come in, they're a little bit sleepy. And There's something to it of Tom Brady just keeps throwing a bunch of interceptions this year, too. He well, pick six, I, pick six in this game. Yep. I wonder just, if um, by a big man, too, which that was a bit, a bit lucky. But um, yeah. I, I wonder, like, when, like, okay, so when, if you're Mahomes, right, and you're like, or, or I guess Lamar, where you're like, ah, Mark Andrews got to be down there somewhere, and you're just chucking the ball down, right? Like, when you have a lot of talented receivers and talented tight end like Gronkowski, like, do you not just check it down and expect them to just go get it? I think it's or or they're more confident throwing more dangerous throws because if they turn it over, they're like, oh, our defense is fine. We'll get the ball back and have another chance. Yeah, I don't really know. Like watching the games, it just seems like really bad decisions, which you just don't see from Tom Brady. But I mean, I guess when you have that offense and you have those receivers, sometimes you're just going to hope. So spray and pray. Moving along to uh, probably the most shocking game of the weekend. Minnesota heading to Detroit. Minnesota favored by seven. What does Minnesota do? They keep games close. <laughs> they also Too just close. let Jared Goff cruise down the field for a game-winning touchdown uh, to beat the buzzer. Which, yeah. Okay, I so here's I, I have something to say about this. First of all, I for sure, because everybody was hyping the Lions, buddies of ours are hyping the Lions up, and they look good early, and I'm like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. They're going to blow it like they always do. Sure enough, Vikings go down. They score. There wasn't that much time left. I think it was. I think they had a minute thirty with two timeouts. A minute fifty-four, they got their touchdown. Okay, so minute fifty-four, the Lions had two touchdowns, and I was like, "That's a lot of time." But it's Jared Goff. They haven't been that good. It's the Lions for Pete's sake. And then they just put on this like unbelievable drive, and the Vikings defense just let them do whatever they wanted. And they get. And here's here's actually there's two comments I have. The first one is. Why are you giving them the middle of the field when you have two timeouts? That I don't understand at all. Like, well, like you, you gave them like 15, 30, they got 30 yards in like 20 seconds. Yeah. I mean, you give up the middle of the field, you give up the underneath stuff so that you can kill the clock. And then well, I just... get it, but you got two timeouts. Like think about this. You, you're a buck 30 and you're on the 50 yard line and you have, and then you have zero timeouts. Like that's not that far to go. I, I like I don't I just don't they know why the, you wouldn't play normal defense like like Jared Goff doesn't have an arm. No, it's just you play the underneath stuff, let the clock run down, and then you try and play tight at the goal line. And they just never played tight at the goal line. They were still giving space. They didn't try and like they didn't play press coverage in the red zone at all. Like for most of the fifty yards up the field, I think they had to get seventy yards or seventy five there or whatever. Most of that you give it to them. You give them the five ten yards underneath all day long because it kills ten seconds of time. You let them do that all the way up the field, but at a certain time you have to play press and you have to play tight coverage. And they just didn't do that. They didn't even play press on the game-winning thing. They just let the space, the guy who does a hitch route in the end zone, and easy play. And you're like, at what point do you tighten up? Like, I get you give them most of the field, try and kill up as much clock as you can, and then you got to play tighter, and they just never adjusted. 
the the game winning touchdown was the easiest touchdown catch ever. Yeah, there's, like there's just no it, excuse for that. Fell to the ground. That the game, and, they, and there was two guys standing there. Like this is the equivalent of like you're in you're in overtime and the, like it's not playoffs, but like overtime Stanley Cup playoffs, and you just leave one of two things: you you leave Ovi back door, or you let anybody sneak in the back door behind and tap one in for to win the game. Like that's what happened. Your defenseman's just standing there puck watching. Like that's all they were doing. They were just ball watching and. They got burned on it, and now you go down in history as the team who lost to the Lions, who yeah. should have had a unwin zero win season, and well, actually, probably should have had two wins by now. But they had they they were on pace with their schedule coming up to not win any games, and the Vikings blew that for us. So, yeah, moving along to the last one p.m. game, we had the New York Giants going to Miami. Miami is favored by four. They win this 20 to nine. The defense steps up big. Tua, I don't think, looked the greatest I test this game. This was probably out of these last like five games, the worst I thought he looked. And he finishes with PFS best grade. Two touchdowns, 244 yards, a couple bad drops, too. Jalen Waddle had one his first his first drop that was hundred percent on him, according to PFF, that he could have taken to the house. So couple bad drops but this was the first game where i wasn't really impressed with tua and you still look at the stats and the pff grade and you're like yeah if this is when he's off and he still does this i'm pretty happy well and i mean it was obvious that the the dink and dunk kind of play was going to be there like people are ripping him for it and i'm like that's just the game plan they called and it was extremely effective i that's it and the giants defense to their credit actually i thought were pretty good no the Giants secondary is good like, they didn't play bad at all. Um, the drops was killing me. The yeah. drops was absolutely killing me. Mike Gusecki just did not have himself a game. Like, he had one in the end zone that he should have had that hit him off the, hit off his head. Like, and it goes through his hands and hit him right in the head. Well, that's where people are talking the dip and dunk, too, is he had two other ones that were more than 15-yard throws to him that he should have caught, and he dropped both of those. He had three drops on the game. So you look at that, and you're like, then you're just going to play the underneath stuff. If it's not working downfield, you got to do what's working and why change it. So although I don't think it was his best game, they got the job done. And at the end of the day, you're just trying to get wins. You're trying not to make mistakes. And that's the big positive is Tua didn't make the mistakes. He had a couple big third downs, third and kind of long that he got to Parker. Parker made some nice catches. So it's nice to have him back in the lineup. But uh, this defense again, and these rookies like Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland, are just unbelievable right now. You got Jalen Phillips has already set the Dolphins uh, sack record for a rookie. Waddle's destroying everything. And now PFF's fourth grade safety is Javon Holland. That's across the entire league, not just yep. rookies. Yep. He's the fourth graded safety in the entire league by PFF. That's how good this kid is. So to have these three rookies off this class, it's it's things are looking good. Do you, you, you know how to build a good framework? Draft well? No, you got to start with some solid studs. Yeah. Uh -huh. Good one. Okay. <laughs> Moving along. Oh, that was pretty good. No. I, I completely lost my train of track. That's because the joke was so good. <laughs> Moving along, we had Jacksonville <laughs> heading to the LA Rams. LA Rams were favored by 13, and they win 37 to 7. They just ran them over. Trevor Lawrence now is five games he's thrown one touchdown pass matthew stafford had a pretty good bounce back game here sonny michelle had a massive game 121 yards and a touchdown and i mean it's against the jags but the rams did what they needed to do and they did it with some purpose 
Yeah, Stafford's back doesn't look like it's hurt, eh? What's up with that? Doesn't look like it's hurt. It's against shit teams, but it looks like it's hurt against good teams. So. Man, it's such an excuse. So this is like in Kernelite. Like when I play a good team and win, I'm like, yeah, we played really well. When I play a bad team and lose, I'm like, oh, the ice was shit tonight. The ice is always good when we win and always shit when we lose. But, um, yeah, I Jags just, you know, they they they, 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 they could have, you know, they had some plays. They had some drops. They, you know, they, there was something there. The only other stat I want to carry over from this game. So in 168 games with the Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford won NFC Player of the Week once. Jared Goff in 11 weeks with the Detroit Lions has won NFC Player of the Week once. Ooh. That's not good. No. Moving along, we have Washington football team went to the Raiders. Raiders were favored by two and a half. Washington football team pulls out another tight one, 17-15. They they're kind of on a similar run like Miami is, eh? Like they were really shit to start the year, and then they their defense is tightened up, similar to how Miami's done, and they're just doing enough to squeak by. Yeah, I think they're going to be in a little trouble here. Logan Thomas done for the year now after having that one game back, and it sounds like they're going to lose Montez Sweat for props probably two games now because it's sounding like he's COVID positive and unvaccinated. So he'll be out two games. You add in no Chase Young. That's going to hurt the football team, especially to the next three weeks. You play the Cowboys. But again, both these teams, I just think, are decent. Neither is great. Neither is bad. They're just kind of in that middle pack. Well, and I I mean, hey, Washington football team still in the playoff race. They're in a playoff spot right now. Yep. So at 6-6, six and six, which is disgusting. Miami being cursed in the AFC where – we're tied with like seven other teams as well. And, <laughs> and not even cool. We're like four or five up from the bottom because like there's three dumpster fire teams and the rest are all directly in the middle. And yeah. So I, the one thing I will say is like, I actually do have more confidence picking on Washington now. I know they've had injuries and that kind of stuff. And I know they have tough games coming up, um, but they've really shown some resiliency in, re- in recent weeks. And I, and I like to see that kind of, you know, when you're making those spread picks, if you're going to show me some resiliency that, you know, guys are out and you're playing decent teams, like, you know, Vegas is a decent team. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel as bad about picking you to cover. Yeah. Moving along. Baltimore went to Pittsburgh. Baltimore was favored by four and a half and the Steelers pull it off 20 to 19. Big Ben. 236 yards, two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 253 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Another Lamar bad looked Lamar game. Great. Now Marlon Humphrey probably out for the Ravens. So the Ravens are struggling with injuries. I know there's injuries everywhere, but the Ravens are definitely hurt the most in their secondary. And, I mean, this is just – this is what I said last week. In this division, games are close. They stay close. And then the Bengals threw that off, and I was all confused. But this just came back to this game stays close. TJ Watt was back. This guy leads – the league in sacks and he's missed two and a half games and he's still yeah, first crazy. in sacks like tj watts just a different player so this defense is still really good when they're 100 percent healthy and they kind of showed it here lamar back-to-back not great weeks now he goes against the browns so we'll see what happens well not having a secondary this is why harbaugh said like oh we had to go for two we had no we had nobody in the secondary left to play so we didn't want to go to overtime i I don't know. I don't love the go for two personally because I still I think play. you like it. I love the play, but it was the worst throw and, and Andrews didn't do anything with it either. 
It was the right play call. It was just a mistimed throw by Lamar. Like Andrews, right play call, everything. He's he was wide, wide open. open. If Lamar hits that throw a little bit better, that's you win the game. And he just he seemed a little off with his throws all game. And talking to a couple of Ravens fans, it's just like watching Lamar against the Blitz and watching Lamar here. I just start to wonder about him a bit. And I think Ravens fans might have it right. Is he's just trying to do too much with all these injuries? Is he's just forcing it too much, trying to do too much, and he's got to not do that. He's his O line's kind of middle of the pack, not great, but don't try and overdo it. Then don't try and do too much, and I think that's getting into trouble right now. Well, just run the ball more from a fantasy perspective. I really love to see that. Let's go two hundred yards, baby. Like when was the last time that he got a running touchdown? I don't know. It's been a like, few weeks. Like a while. Yeah. They, they like it's like they haven't they stopped using him. So they like and this is one of the things I found infuriating in the red zone. Like they're trying to force the throw on like three three times in a row. I'm like, guy, like set yourself up, call your own number, set yourself up a play here. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, that's a thing. But I'm like, man, like you have the legs, dude. You're the best running back on this team. Like you gotta you gotta sit, figure out a play here to get this done. Disappointing result for the Ravens versus Pittsburgh. Yeah. Moving to the last 4 p.m. game, we had San Fran heading to Seattle. San Fran was favored by 3.5, and and Seattle wins this 30-27, or 23, sorry. Kind of a messy game. Russ kind of got the job done. He looked a little more like himself, still not perfect. And I just like seeing San Fran lose when the Dolphins have their first-round pick. It's always good. Um, At least Russ kind of came through a little bit. Like, they needed a win, just from a morale perspective. They needed a win. Um, we were both on the Hawks on this game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a, a absolute clinic by any means. No, uh, they pulled off the uh, fake punt rush for, like, 80 yards for a touchdown, yeah, which is nice like, to see. Nice little play, little little sneaky one. But, yeah, it wasn't – like, this wasn't a, a mind-blowing win. But maybe this gives Russ the confidence that they need to, to rack up a few more wins down the stretch here, shake the cobwebs off, as you might say, get rid of the bad taste that they had in their mouth from – from the, the games before where they put up horrible efforts um, and maybe the Seahawks are somebody to watch moving forward, depending on their schedule. Yeah. The big thing that stood out with the Seahawks, Jamal Adams is done for the year with a shoulder injury. So that's going to hurt their defense, which has actually been quite decent of late. It's going to hurt their defense going into the last few weeks here. I would like to see if this is like, this seems to me to be like one of the higher injury years that I've seen in a while. Because it's like, and you're right, when we were talking earlier, it's like every team's been dealing with injuries. But like this year, it just seems to me like, now later in the year, like Logan Thomas going out, they don't know the extent of his knee, but they're like, it's probably going to be more than three weeks you're done for the year. Right? So like they're not all catastrophic, but like I look at all the, like Kamara and Henry like the and McCaffrey, like these big, big names going out, big defensive players going out, teams are playing with ridiculous like Danny Dimes going out, you're playing with your, and then Glennon's now out. So you, you have Fromm's playing. Like, it's just like, it's all over the place. It, it, it must be one of the higher injury years. So Sleeper had their top six picks, ADP. Do you know who the healthiest out of the top six picks has been this season? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. He wasn't a top six pick. Ooh, who? Saquon Barkley. Oh, He was wow. the sixth ADP. And he's been the healthiest out of the top six. And he's missed what five? He missed four games. I think he's only actually missed two because he's been he's played in other ones. Uh, they had him as only missing two because he's been kind of lower snap counts in them. But every other one's missed at least three, I believe. And it looks like Zeke could miss a couple. So it's it's a total mess in running back. So I just thought that was an interesting stat because I know you were worried about Saquon and his I health. Am. 
everybody's health other than like Jonathan Taylor is in question this year. Well, yeah. See, C-Mac, by the way, too, like, as I said, like, that was one question fantasy-wise. It was like, oh, is he going to stay healthy? Nope. Didn't stay healthy. Can't draft him first overall next year. Moving into the Sunday night football game, we had Denver heading to KC. KC favored by 10. They get the job done, 22 to 9. Your offense is absolutely horrible when Daniel Sorensen gets a pick six. (laughs) That's so true. Daniel Sorensen might be one of the worst secondary players in the league every other team attacked him all year and you gave a pick six to him oh, Teddy Bridgewater bit... didn't look good no uh, Bridgewater Devontae... on the road didn't cover what the hell yeah Javante Williams looked really good here he stepped up finally getting that lead role with Melvin Gordon out he looks like a stud he might be somebody with Melvin Gordon's contract up Javante Williams might be a top five ten pick next year in uh fantasy yeah, there's a, there's been a, a couple of nice stories like that, right? Like where guys have really stepped up. I mean, Gibson stepped up the last couple of weeks. If he wasn't injured, I think that, and his game script was better, I think that, you know, he would have had another good campaign. But this is what you're going to see, right? Especially at the running back position where, generally speaking, you have top five running backs for two, three years, and then they get old, they get hurt, they get slow, and new guys take their place, and that is just, it's just a cycle. I remember when... Uh, Jay Ajayi was like the number, was like the third or fourth overall pick. And this was like four years ago. And he's a stud. It was like, wow, you got to pick Jay Ajayi. And then now he's not in the league anymore. Or he is, but I don't even know where he is. Like, he's not doing anything. So, um, man. I'm going to start giving more credit to KC right now, though. Yeah. They have the number one ranked D since week six. Number one. And you look at like how good Miami's D been. KC's been better. KC's D has been that good. Their offense is kind of weird still. I think Patrick Mahomes didn't have a touchdown again or had one. It's He hasn't been great of recently. People who drafted him fantasy. He is the 22nd ranked fantasy quarterback this year. Oof. That's not good for where people drafted Patrick Mahomes. But Yeah, no. I mean, to me, I know people say New England, whatever. Casey's now the favorite in the AFC to me. They're coming on at the right time, and they have the skill and the players to do it, the coaching to do it. So, to me, they're the favorite in the AFC. I think we just got got too cute on this spread. We got into this Casey doesn't cover, and we got into Teddy on the road covers covering monster, which is true. I mean, those are all stats, but uh, yeah, you give me all those again, and I'm still probably taking the Broncos. So yeah, I'm not I, upset at that. It's I, we knew Casey yeah. the better team, but division game too. You thought, yeah, it was close to that ten number. That was too many points in that, and I'm I'm not upset about losing that one. No, the field goal one way or the other. What field goal Broncos and we're, we're we're celebrating our cover. So what can you do? Moving along, New England went to Buffalo on Monday night in what fifty mile an hour wins. Mac Jones got to see snow finally. He didn't really have to do much. Even uh, Matthew Judon calling him out. Huge props to our offense, except for Mac Jones. He didn't really do much except hand the ball off. He didn't do he anything. Threw, no, two was... completions. He had three attempts for. So he was two for three for what? Nineteen yards. Correct. I know 19 throwing that. yards in modern the, NFL. That's just wild. Tua Tagovailoa on Monday night was at the Heat game, and he only threw 19 less yards than uh, Mac Jones did on Monday night. <laughs> Man, like, it, this football game was, like, all, like, Bill Belichick, the mind master, give, give him some credit. I was on the wrong side of this. I had the Bills. Um, at least my... Back, what was it? My uh, my dog pick was good, so there you go. Bet against myself. Nice hedge. Uh, but the 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 Patriots at one point ran the ball thirty two plays in a row, 
32 offensive plays in a row, not including punts. So, man, like, I was saying this to you guys in, like, some of our group chats, but I was like, man, at what point, as a, as a, as Bill's defense, you're like, okay, they're definitely not going to run it this time. Like, is it eight? Well, that's the way they Is it that's 10? The way is they it 12? It. Like, I don't know. 32 that's times? What, and that's the way the Bills played it. Like, they were going to throw it one of these times. They were running a nickel defense out there all the time, not covering the A-gaps. So it's New England's like, all right, we'll take 10 yards at a time up the middle. And they just kept doing it. Like, the Bills' defense never adjusted. New England ran six offensive linemen for most of the game. The Bills never threw out a fifth D lineman. It just, it was horrible coaching. Like, they just got completely out-schemed and out-coached. That was the difference. Like, sure, like, the Patriots' running was quite good, and they got two good backs. When Harris went out, Stevenson took over, and he did a really good job. Harris had the one big rush. But this is just coaching. Like, you just got completely out-coached. I did like the tweet that was saying, like, don't tell me that you can't run versus when you have 10 in the box. And I'm like, that's true. Like the, the Damian Harris, like they sold out on that play and that looked like he was collapsing. You get a couple good blocks by your line and he's gone. Like yeah. to take note, like if, if this is the huge thing, like we've talked about this before, you look at teams who have maybe not the best running backs or you have mobile quarterbacks. If like, and you said this the other day, you're like, it, it's amazing how, if you have an excellent O-line, the things that you can do on offense. It just completely gives you so many more options. Yeah. So at the end of the week, not another losing week for you, Burke. Six Barely. and eight. Barely. I had a 500 week and a 500 week in the locks. You were 0 for 2 for the locks this week. Mm. Not good. 47% for the year for myself, 25% on locks. Uh, you're sitting at 43% for the year. 35% on locks. Really dropped on the lock. I really got to pick this up. I think I'm getting too cute. Maybe I'll lock the Jags and they'll actually win. Uh, no, it's been tough. That, that that lock game, I started off really good and then it really tapered off. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes with picks this week. Again, I actually like the, at least last week I felt like, as I said, I didn't feel like I got robbed by as many games. There's, there's certain ones that I just got it wrong and it didn't go our way. Um, but the upcoming schedule, I feel, should be easier to pick. So we got to take advantage of this. And uh... started off with Thursday night. Yeah. We had the Steelers heading to Minnesota. I had to read read this like ten times. Minnesota is three point favorites. <laughs> well, you're expecting a bounce back. The Lions expecting a bounce back after an embarrassing loss to the Lions. No. Yeah, but I mean, the Steelers played well. Their defense looks really good. And if your defense gives up yards to Jared Goff. I know Ben Roethlisberger isn't good anymore, but he's got three to four really good weapons still. So if your defense gives up that much to Jared Goff and no weapons, I think you're going to give up yards to the Steelers. And I like the Steelers D. And you're going to give me three points with the Steelers? I like it. I'm all over the Steelers here. Well, this is where, like, I should take the Steelers because it's right on the betting line of three. We know Minnesota likes to keep games close. So then yep. you should say, okay, Steelers plus three, keep it within a touchdown, you're good. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to take the Vikings minus three. So the reason I'm going to do this is because it's a short week. Short week. Ben is still going to be sore coming into this game off of the game on the weekend. And he he's an old man. Those brittle bones. He needs time to recuperate. Uh, this doesn't give him enough time for that. Now, the Vikings will be without Adam Thielen, more than likely. Uh, he's out with a high ankle sprain. But that doesn't matter. 
you've got uh, you've got enough pieces there to to fill the gaps. Jefferson's still an absolute stud. Um, Conklin will be fine, and then you, you do have... realize when this game's being played, right? Oh, I know it's prime time, and it's Kirk Cousins in prime time. I'm aware of the. I'm aware. <laughs> But like once he has to do it, right? One time he has to play well in prime time. He's got to. He's got. I'm not, I'm not putting my money on Kirk Cousins in prime time. That's not happening. I, I, I give me the Vikings minus three. I, I just, I just think psyche wise as well. Like you're telling me that they're not desperate to get out on that football field after losing to a, uh, at the time a one and twelve team or one and eleven team. Like come on, you're gonna be fired up to get the job done, and I think they do at home. I guess we will find out. We shall. We shall. Anything else? We got uh, We got our picks uh, episode coming out later in the week uh, for the weekend, uh, which is, uh, again, we're, we're getting into crunch time. The playoff scenarios are playing out. Um, Miami's on a bye this week, so we're going to have to watch some other football, which is fine. Gives us uh, some perspective. Uh, but I won't have an excuse to watch football because usually I'm like, oh, Miami's playing, got to turn it on. Now there's no Miami. So I'm like, all right, well, guess red I got to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, honey, I, red zone's on. Can't miss it. Can't miss I it. Might take, I'm, I'm just saying, I might take more of a bye week here. The last week of fantasy doesn't matter for me in either of the leagues. Missed the playoffs Ouch. and won. Guaranteed a top spot in my other one. So it doesn't matter. Miami's on a bye. It might be a good weekend, a good Sunday to just kind of take it off a little bit, not worry too much about it. And uh, just take it easy. Make uh, the uh, partner happy. Yeah, see, there you go. Not 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 a bad plan. Uh, you know, hydrate because you've been we've been sweating. I've been sweating so much on Sundays recently with playoff implications and fantasy and bets and things like that. Yeah, it might be right. It might be time. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Over Six Sports, at Zachberg Over Six, and at C Charlton Turf. And for the Over Six Sports podcast, I am Zach DeVandenberg. And with me, the Turf King. Thank you for listening to Over Six Sports. We'll chat with you later this week.